they go, Jeff and Jordan, and here we go on Trey and BK, and apparently here I go sounding normal for the first time today. Um, sorry about that, everyone who listened to the morning show. It couldn't have been that bad. I, there was one text that I saw at about 9.30, and someone said on the CODA text line, like, it sounds like BK is a little bit further from the mic than usual today. That's but that it. was it. Like, no YouTube comment, no text, just that one incident and i'm like all right it must be something wrong with that guy's phone since it's the only feedback we got all day but uh hopefully it sounds at least a little bit better now than it did this morning sorry about that everyone uh how was your weekend how was your trip it's been a long time since the people have gotten the chance to see you and hear from you how you been i'm good it was a nice two and a half days off last week I guess technically two days off because I don't do the afternoon show on Wednesdays. Uh, but yeah, I missed the shows Thursday, Friday because my family was at Kalahari Water Park, indoor water park. They have an outdoor water park too that we've never been to, but we've made it a point the last three years now to take the kids out of school midweek to meet my brother, his wife, and their kids who are around my two kids' age and my mom and just go hang out and have fun at an empty water park and uh, some of the extras that Kalahari has to offer in terms of restaurants and the arcade there at night. And overall, it was fun, but we mistimed the trip this year, BK, because what I found out this year is that the weekend leading into President's Day, the President's Day on Monday, I guess, or President's Day yesterday, there are a lot of people who have a similar idea. Now, there weren't that many people there on Wednesday, but Thursday and especially Friday, holy shit, that place was riffraff central. It's like they took every bus stop every bus stop in Austin and had the buses deliver them to Kalahari for free wristbands to, to be at the water park. And that was not good on Friday and a little bit on Thursday too. But ultimately, it was fun to get to hang out with family. We did have short lines for a lot of uh, really fun rides. And uh, this last weekend was the beginning of the end in terms of uh, not having weekends filled up with youth sports because next weekend is where the shit really hits the fan. Soccer, basketball, volleyball starts up the weekend after that. It is just one thing after another, not just on the weekend. That's when games are, but during the week too, because Got volleyball practice on Friday. We're going to have uh, different soccer practices, different days of the week. There's a soccer practice tonight that I'm having to take a kid to uh, as soon as uh, 5 o'clock gets here. So, yeah, uh, it was, uh, I guess, a nice little reprieve before life gets in the way of my ability to, uh, to just be a, a freestanding adult. Or I should say family life gets in the way of my ability to be a freestanding adult unless I just wanted to become a complete fucking degen and bastardize my kids and just go off and uh, make something of my own. Well, March Madness is right around the corner, so there's no better time than right now to do that. We also have opening day for Major League Baseball not too far away either, so feels like a pretty good time to focus on sports and not focus on your family. Oh, Jason, let me tell you, ooh, common folk getting in the way of a family vacation gross. It'd be one thing if it were common folk. I'm telling you, dude, I didn't realize there were that many people walking around this planet who look like fucking Post Malone. But yes, most of them that uh, that are walking around just tatted up, literally hairline to toe, were at Kalahari on Thursday, and then especially Friday, too. It was, uh, hey, look, and to have conversations with with just about anybody, but there were, I mean, it was the... It was the bottom of the barrel. It was the bus stop crowd incarnate at Kalahari on Friday. Well, you did say everyone was there for a riffraff concert, and I feel like that dude brings out the worst of society. Did you Who's not say that earlier? Who's riffraff? You, you said earlier it was riffraff central. Doesn't that mean riffraff was there? Who was riffraff? This is riffraff. Oh, Chris Malone was bad. I thought that was the joke you were making earlier. No, yeah, I was just saying the general comment of uh, of describing a group of people as riffraff. I mean, it was trash ball central. Yeah. Do you have a lot of folks that looked like this? Yeah, as a matter of fact, that guy may have been standing in front of me in line for the stingray. Uh, riffraff is from the Houston area, I think. He was uh, a really bad rapper. Maybe still is a really bad rapper who 
would get a lot of the college fraternity parties around the time I was in school. Mm. And for some reason, he was treated as if he was kind of a big name, but he had like one or two songs that any of us knew, and they weren't really that good. But Him and Waka Flocka Flame, huh? Yeah, I mean, Flocka had some much better songs that actually were on mainstream radio. So he was a bigger name. But yes, he does fit the category of rapper who was at fraternity houses way too often. I'm trying to think who else was there when I was in school that uh, that fit that mold. Hmm. Afro Man, which was kind of cool. Oh, it was Afro Man. Was that how he was still making a living in uh, a decade ago? Is by performing at fraternity houses across the country because I got high? He was. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Asher Roth was one of those guys. Never even heard of him. White guy, so it probably explains it. I'm doing a good guy in the movie Spring Breakers looked like him, CB. Might be. Ah, dang. I gotta. I'll think about this and come up with a, a list of washed up rappers who were, I guess, still relevant enough to get fraternity party deals across the country like 10 years ago. Yes, DJ. There were a lot of jelly rolls at Kalahari on Friday. Uh, fraternity house guy. No, no, I wish. I'll I mean, maybe a sweet gig. Well, he hasn't performed anywhere in a while, but maybe when he was getting yeah. started, he was, but that would have been before my time. I did see Mac Miller uh, a couple of times, and I was grateful for that, but never at a fraternity party. They were all legit concerts at paid venues. So, anyways. 420, I did not get on the tall water slide. I did the, the raft rides. I did the tall water slide the last year. I, I don't need to do it anymore. I'm good. Was the fish fresh? Huh? The squid? The calamari at the resort? Oh, because Bucky was calling Kalahari Calamari. Yeah. Uh, I We didn't have any calamari. I'm assuming that it would have been real calamari and not pig's anus like they serve a lot of places. Do they call that calamari? A lot of places will take pig's anus, which is more than just the outside part. The anus is like several feet long. Maybe several feet is an exaggeration, but they'll take the anus and they'll like cut it up into little pieces to make it look like calamari. Yeah. That's there's long standing urban legend that a lot of calamari is actually pig anus. I do not think I will be eating any more calamari. <laughs> Thank you for that. Every right time there. I say that out loud, loud, it ruins it for somebody. So I'm happy to help out again. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for that one. All right. Plenty of Texas stuff to get into. And, and Jeff kind of asked you, I want to get more of your thoughts on the details of Steve Sarkeesian's contract extension here at UT. We found out a couple of weeks ago he was getting a new deal. I think we've all kind of known since you know, Texas won the 10th game of its regular season back in December, or excuse me, back in November, that uh, a new contract was coming. Then you throw the Big 12 title and a college football playoff appearance on top of that. And it felt clear and obvious that Sark was getting a new deal. But over the long weekend, we found out some of the details of that deal. It's four more years added on to the end of the contract. So Stark will be here through 2030. It's a massive pay raise that has him amongst the highest paid coaches in college football, damn near doubling what he was supposed to make in 2024. He's also getting two new cars, private jet access, and country club membership as well. I'm almost surprised he already didn't have those things. But uh, you mentioned it earlier. Your initial thought when... You found out the details of the deal was maybe Texas went a little bit too far? Look, I know that we all feel good about the direction that Steve Sarkeesian has this thing headed in, but this is also a guy who was known as seven win Sark all the way up until last season. Did the conference championship feel great? Yes. Did the, uh, the I guess, winning the conference title as well in that championship game? making it to the college football playoff, all those things are great. It does feel like we are headed in a very positive direction and could potentially stay there for a long time. But that's one year for him of having that level of success. So I get it that in this day and age that we are very short-sighted with regards to how we hook people up for extensions and deals like that, especially in sports, especially for head coaches at the college level because you don't want those guys to bolt for the NFL because life is a lot easier in the NFL you're not having to recruit high school recruits, transfer portal guys, and your own players 24-7, 365. Uh, it does seem like the deal is a little bit too long for me, though. I, I have less of an issue with the 
amount per year going over $10 million than I do committing yourself to a guy for that much time into the future because a lot can happen between now and then. Like I said to Jeff and like I'll tell anybody else who gets upset with me for saying that, ultimately, I don't fucking care that much. Texas has the money. Might they end up having to pay another guy way too much money even if he's not working for them years down the road? Sure. That's not a new song, though. That's something that has been happening for the better part of a decade now. I think it started with Mac and continued with Charlie Strong and Tom Herman. Have we paid all those contracts off just yet? If so, good. Maybe it helps us. Um, the cost of uh, Steve Sarkeesian's contract, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of Jimbo Fisher comparisons with this Steve Sarkeesian contract. And I don't think that's fair, but the comp that Aggie fans and a lot of Longhorn uh, haters are making is, you know, after Jimbo's first year in College Station, that's when AM gave him that big money, longer term extension. And things obviously fell apart pretty quickly after in College Station. It's kind of what's happening with Steve Sarkeesian, where, yeah, he just had his first great year, not only as a head coach in Austin, but as a head coach anywhere. And Texas is ponying up. They're giving him that big money extension. And now we wait and see. So obviously you don't want to get into that conversation where you have to talk about paying Steve Sarkeesian to leave. Right? You hope he gets another contract extension before his time in Austin is over. Like I want him to coach into the 2030s. As of now, this new deal has him coaching through 2030. I hope he gets another deal that has him staying here through 2040 because that means things are going incredibly well and Texas doesn't need uh, feel the need to make a change at the top. But you know, if something bad does happen, you're right. Like Texas does have the money to pay Sark and this coaching staff a buyout, and they do have the money to uh, bring somebody else in here who's really, really good. So we hope those days are behind us, but this is not something that is going to cripple Texas, even if things go downhill with Sark, which I don't think they will. And I don't know if you think they will either, but even if they do go downhill, this is not something that's going to ruin Texas's ability to uh, to bring in somebody else who can fix the job. Yeah, right now it feels like it would some, it would take something pretty significant off the field to derail the direction that all of this is headed right now. Because even if a recruit doesn't work out here or there, like the overall health of the program is still so great that it can withstand something like that. And you haven't been able to say that a whole lot in the last, gosh, really since 2009, that 2009 season. And even then it felt like there were fractures that were starting to form. So uh, for the roster to be as healthy as it is right now, for Sark to have surrounded himself with really competent people who understand the idea of roster management with how they're utilizing NIL, the transfer portal, all these tools that are at your disposal right now, if you understand how to use them correctly to strengthen the roster year in and year out, despite losing Dijon Robinson, Roshan Johnson, Demarion Overshow, and all the receivers from this last year, two big interior defensive linemen, I think it speaks to uh, this, this, uh, this whole thing right now having a ton of staying power. Yeah, and look, we've run down a couple of rankings of the best coaches in college football since the offseason started, and you're seeing Steve Sarkeesian in the top 10. Hell, some of these articles, he's ranked in the top five, and now he's finally getting compensated like that. I mean, he was set to be the 30th highest paid coach in college football in 2024. And through the first two years, okay, I, I don't think he was a top 10 coach in college football. I don't know if he was a top 20 coach in college football. I mean, five and seven, eight and five, like, that's not great. We know what Sark walked into. We understood that it might take some time for him to really get Texas back on track. But, yeah, you know, Sark hadn't done anything through his first two years that really warranted him being in the discussion for the highest paid coach in the sport. But, yeah, you put together a, a year like you just did, and that helps a lot. And also, look, Nick Saban retiring, that, that got Sark some more money. Like, he was going to get a new contract regardless, Trey. But, you know, Alabama was interested in Steve Sarkeesian. And it's funny, Nick Saban got a ton of coaches pay raises while he was coaching. He got a few guys pay raises after he retired as well. But just that rumor that Steve Sarkeesian, or really Alabama, might be interested in Steve Sarkeesian, I think that maybe added uh, a little bit more incentive for Texas to pay Steve Sarkeesian and do whatever it took to make sure that he was going to stick around and not leave. Completely agreed. And that's, I think, another reason why you can feel a little bit more comfortable with the length and the amount on this contract is because the sport does feel very wide open right now. Not only in terms of what's going to happen after the 25 season with the college football playoff and whether you see the SEC and Big Ten break away, but how many big-time coaches have left the sport just in the last couple months now? 
I mean, there's two is the, the answer, I guess. But it is Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh. So after Kirby Smart at the top, because of the recent championships that he's won, it is a wide open race right now just for who is the second best coach in college football. You have lists saying that Brian Kelly's the second best coach. That's how you know how wide open things are because there's no way in hell that guy would be considered the top two coach in college football even a couple of years ago. With Saban and Harbaugh retiring now, there's an opportunity there for the taking. And so Texas made sure to lock down their guy uh, all the way through the end of this decade as a result. Yeah, and as of this moment, Steve Sarkeesian is one of four known coaches who are making at least $10 million a year, right? Uh, the speculation is there are a few more that might be, you know, Lincoln Riley at USC. USC is a private institution. They don't have to release the details of his contract. And I don't think we found out official numbers for Kalen DeBoer at Alabama or Mike Norvell at Florida State yet. So those are two guys who also could be in the mix for double-digit mil a year. But the other three guys who are making $10-plus million per season, Kirby Smart, you just mentioned, Dabo Sweeney, and Ryan Day. So uh, that's the company that Steve Sarkeesian is in right now. And you think about what those coaches have accomplished. Kirby's got two natties. Dabo's got two natties. I know the last couple of years haven't been great, but when he signed that contract extension, he was regarded as probably the second-best coach in the sport behind Nick Saban. And then Ryan Day, I know he hasn't won the national championship yet. I know Ohio State fans are about ready to move on from that dude, but I mean, Ohio State is winning 10 or 11 or 12 games, it feels like, every single season. So you look at those three guys, right? I mean, that's that's what the expectation needs to be for Texas football. And I, I get it. Texas is not going to make the playoff every single year from now until 2030. But, Trey, you can't go back to the 8-5 and five type of seasons. You sure as hell can't have a 5-7 and seven year like you did in year one. I don't think anybody expects for that to happen. But now that's that's the expectation. That is what Sark is being paid to do. You know, when you're uh, in that conversation with those other coaches, when you're making that type of money, then the results should be pretty similar. So the bar is always high for any coach at UT. And we knew it was going to be even higher just based on the success this team had in 2023. But on top of all of that, you throw in this deal and you uh, look at who else is making that type of money in college football, then, yeah, it's uh, the, the bar has been raised even more for Steve Sarkeesian in Texas. So last year can't be the one-off. We keep saying it, right? And to this point in Sark's coaching career, last year is the difference. Uh, it, it's got to be a story of, man, Sark couldn't figure it out, but then he bursted through in 2023, and then that's just the type of coach he became, where he always had his teams winning double-digit games, competing for conference titles, making it to the college football playoff. That's all got to start happening. Otherwise, yeah, Sark's not going to see the end of this deal, and we're going to be having discussions that uh, we've had way too often around these parts in recent years. Oh, fingers crossed that that is not the case. Yeah. How about a private jet, man? I got to get that worked into my contract here. <laughs> Good luck 20, with that. Yeah, 20 hours of private jet usage. Doesn't feel like enough, though. 20 hours of personal private jet use for a year? 20 hours, huh? For a year. Does that... It, so do, do recruiting trips count? In those hours, or is it 20 hours of like you taking the family on vacation to Europe or something? I think it's that. It was it was uh, characterized as personal use. So I guess any sort of recruiting trip, you can qualify as a business expense. So. Okay. Yeah. Hey, yeah I mean, look, 20 hours is, that's, that's a pretty fair amount, especially when you consider he doesn't have a ton of time to take vacation during the year now. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like if he needs a private jet from somebody, somebody will give him a private jet. I would yeah. hope so. Yeah. And he's getting like no, country. No, I don't hope so. He makes $10 million a year. If he needs to rent a private jet to go to New York City, he can rent a private private jet to go to New York City. He's got the money to do so. And he has 20 yeah. hours of free private plane uh, access, too. He gets to pay for that. I you need to stop hooking up the richest people on the planet. <laughs> Uh, because of uh, because of some celebrity status and say, you know what? You do make that good of money. You can pay for this, especially because you already get 20 free hours. If you have to go to a 21st, 22nd, 23rd hour, you pay for it, Sark. Yep. Well, that's how it always works. I mean, you laid it out perfectly, right? The, uh, the richest people get the most stuff for free. The people who need the free stuff the least end up getting the free stuff the most. That's, uh, that's kind of how it is in society. So, yeah, uh, Sark gets two cars, he gets private jet use, and he gets country club membership. 
uh, at, written into the deal. He's had all of those things from the second he took this job. Yeah. And he's had even more of those things since, you know, December 2nd when Texas won the Big 12 title against Oklahoma State. So, uh, yeah, that, that stuff, uh, it made a lot of headlines. I saw that on social media, kind of people freaking out, like, oh, he's getting all this. He's getting a private jet. What? It's like, dude, when you're the coach at a place like the University of Texas, uh, yeah, you get that kind of stuff handed to you. Uh, 24-7, 365. So good for Sark. Hopefully things continue in the right direction. Uh, you know, he, he mentioned it a couple of weeks ago at a signing day press conference that he's borderline obsessed with winning. Sometimes with players, Trey, in contract years, like they get that big money contract and then they take their foot off the gas. Hell, it happens in coaching too. I think that's exactly what Jimbo Fisher did. And Jimbo's like, oh shit, I just got a 10-year fully guaranteed contract, about $100 million. Like I can lose every single game from here on out. I can treat people like trash. I can uh, take time off on the recruiting front, and I'm still going to get every single dollar that is on this contract right now. Like you see it with coaches too. I'm I'm not worried about that with Steve Sarkeesian. Obviously, actions speak louder than words, and he can say whatever he wants at the press conference, and that's not going to determine if this thing works out. But I uh, I feel like that guy's going to be true to his word, where he's going to work hard to ensure that uh, Texas is competitive throughout his tenure in Austin. I feel that way too. Yeah. 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 All right. We'll take your thoughts. Dakota text line 512 222 9328. Somebody texted in saying many schools were out last Thursday and Friday. And that's why you had so many folks at the Calamari Resort. Why was everybody off last Thursday and Friday? Have we turned President's Day into a four or five day weekend? I don't know. Yeah. My kids had yesterday off, but they did not have Thursday. Well, they did have Thursday, Friday off because we took them out of school, but otherwise they would have had to be in class. Yeah, I don't remember getting that many days off for President's Day. President's Days, I like that, though. Good for the kids. They're working hard. We'll abolish President's Day. Actually, what we need to do is we need to align President's Day with the Monday after the Super Bowl so most everybody gets that Monday off. Yeah, I heard you and Barker talking about this a couple of weeks ago. It's a Jeff Barker original, by the way. That is not my idea. It's a brilliant idea. Yeah, that's true. Because it is a brilliant idea, we should have known that it wasn't you. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> that. Um I like that's good for everybody except us though. Cause like we'd be working the Monday after the Super Bowl, but because President's Day wasn't the Monday after the Super Bowl, we got to take President's Day off, you know? So selfishly speaking, I don't know. I mean, I I'll take both days off. That's fine, but that's why I want both to be holidays, right? Give everybody back to back Mondays off. We've earned it. We've been working hard. All right. This month is like or this year is like a month and a half old. We need a couple of days off of work to refresh. It's been a while since we had the holidays. Uh, yeah, I think we can, I, look, I think we can work Monday and everybody else can have that day off and that means they can commit more time to uh, to watching the YouTube channel. First Lady Day, no respect for the women. What about a Vice President's Day? What about a Secretary of State's Day? Secretary of the Treasury Day? Why, why do we just have one day for one person? This is just like the whole hooking rich people up with more free stuff. The presidents get enough attention. We don't need to give them a freaking holiday, too. I realize that it's based around is it Abraham Lincoln's birthday, Washington's birthday, one of those two. Th th those guys are long dead now. You mm. still learn plenty about them in school. Everybody knows who Lincoln and Washington are. The presidents get enough attention. Let's find another less uh less honored group to give that day off yeah george washington's birthday i think is um february 22nd so what is that thursday what about a day off for that one too oh wait now that just goes against everything you just said you're you're anti that yeah we're definitely not recognizing the president's pets either they get <laughs> way too much attention already Yes, they do. Yes, they do. All right. Keep the text coming. Keep the YouTube comments coming. We will uh, shift gears here momentarily. Talk some Texas basketball and a little Texas baseball as well. As, uh, we've got a few games for both of those teams to touch on before where are we at in society at the end of the hour. But Trey, I'll give you the floor first for uh, some love to our friends at Big Hat Spirits. Right. Big Hat Spirits redefining that cocktail in a can. Cocktails in a can have been around for a little while now, but nobody does it better than Big Hat Spirits. That's because they taste delicious. There's a variety of flavors, and it's low in BS. That means no syrups, no gluten. They're non-GMO, BPA-free, 100% natural, real spirits. Let's look at some of the specifics of these flavors, starting with... 
the ranch water. That's real tequila, real kombucha, no added sugar. They're gluten-free, 1.7 cards, 100 calories, and nearly 6% alcohol. Look at the margarita, also no added sugar, 6 carbs, 120 calories. How about that prickly pear paloma? Two carbs, no added sugar, 100 calories. And yes, that blackberry smoke, two carbs, no added sugar, 100 calories as well. Big hat spirits, they've got it going on. They even have a non-alcoholic option for those of you who aren't big drinkers. You hear Bucky talking about it in the morning. That's the margarita mocktail, also zero alcohol, real kombucha, like all these other drinks, no added sugar, seven cars, 50 total calories too. So where should you go to get your big hat cocktails in a can rather than try and tell you all the places across central texas i'm going to encourage you go to their website bighatspirits.com scroll just below the top of the website there you'll see a map of central texas and icons with all the different places across this city and beyond that houses big hat cocktails in a can bighatspirits.com Yes, indeed. Shout out to Big Hat and also some love to our friends over at Culver BK. Hi, I'm Dan Culver with my wife, Hayden. Welcome to Culver BK. Our newest location in the gorgeous hill country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about. Covert, born and raised in Austin. Absolutely. Some love to the Coverts. Also some love to Tom McKay of Audiovisual Consultations. He was up in Boston yesterday for the Stars Bruins hockey game. Hell of a game. The wrong team won. Did you see him on TV, by the way? He was supposed to be directly behind the Bruins bench. I did not. And I watched like the whole game. And whenever the Stars scored, because I was watching the Bally Sports Southwest Stars broadcast, and they would show Stars fans in the stands at the Garden. But he didn't make the cut. At least I didn't see him. So he was at a hell of a game. Uh, I was able to watch the game on my AV Consultations TV setup done by Tom McKay. The two TVs behind me, that was done by AV Consultations. The four TVs that I have in my man cave in the room next to me, all done by Audiovisual Consultations. They've hooked Trey up. They've hooked Kevin up. They've hooked Bucky up. They've hooked Chip up. They've hooked, and the list goes on and on. Thousands of Central Texans. Of course, it's not just us. They've hooked up thousands of Central Texans since 1988, and they could give you the home TV setup of your dreams. Do it by March Madness. Do it by the start of the Major League Baseball season. Definitely have it done by the time college football and the NFL roll back around it. Just give them a call, 512-255-8678. I promise it is a phone call that you will not regret. You can check them out online as well at avconsultations.com. Okay, Trey, Texas basketball. They've played two games since the last time we have spoken with the people. Uh, One not so good and one much better. Not so good, of course, on Saturday. The Longhorns were blown out on the road at Houston, 82-61, to the final score there. Uh, Texas was competitive for about 10 minutes, and then things went off the rails very, very quickly, and Houston was able to keep Texas at arm's length, hell, at five arm's length in the second half. Longhorns did bounce back. It wasn't a pretty game last night, but they did get back into the win column, 62-56 over Kansas State back here at the Moody Center. Uh, your, your thoughts? You want to start with the Houston game? You want to start with the K-State game? But uh, big takeaways from... What happened with Texas basketball over the long holiday weekend? They just got completely mauled by Houston. That I mean, more than being upset at Texas, because we know this Texas team has a lower ceiling than last year. That was just a really good basketball team at their very best, playing great defense. They were having their way with Texas on offense, too, and the Longhorns were just flat-out overmatched. It really makes you wonder how Texas was able to claw their way back into that game in Austin a few weeks ago, and maybe you give them a little bit more credit for – getting so close to beating a good Houston team. But kudos to them for bouncing back, getting to do so in front of the home crowd obviously helps. It's a raucous environment at the Moody now. And they're kind of lucky that they faced Kansas State last night because that Kansas State team looked like they didn't want to fucking be there. There were a couple of exceptions on that roster, but Kansas State looked completely indifferent throughout a lot of that game. And Texas is able to take advantage, even though they didn't play their best game, other than Dylan DeSue, of course, who is one of the best players in this conference. It was a pretty lackadaisical effort for a must-win game, but again, 
They played a team that seemingly wanted to be there a lot less than the Longhorns did, so they got to take advantage. And guess what? You get several days off now before you face another massive road test traveling to Lawrence to take on the uh, top rated J or the uh, top ten ranked Jayhawks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you said it right. It wasn't a, a great performance last night. Kansas State's having a disappointing year. I mean, that's a team that made it to the Elite Eight last season in Jerome Tang's first year as a head coach, but uh, they lost a lot of talent from last year's squad, and it just hasn't really clicked for them. They have been one of the better defensive teams in college basketball, and they did defend well. I mean, Texas struggled. Both teams yeah. shot 36% from the floor. Texas was 3 of 19 from three-point line. It was an ugly game. It was a slugfest both ways. But ultimately, Texas found a way to win a game that I don't know if they needed to win to make the tournament, but if they lost that game, uh, the conversation would have shifted back to, hey, Texas is on the bubble again. Yeah. So it was nice of them to find a win against a team they were supposed to beat at home. They've obviously struggled at times at Moody Center this year, surprisingly. So it was a good bounce back for them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that Houston game, yeah, you said it, man. Like, Houston... If the NCAA tournament was played inside the teat, Houston would win. Like they still might win the national championship regardless, but they are damn near unbeatable inside that building. They beat Iowa State last night. Iowa State ranked number six, and it wasn't a blowout, but Houston was like in control of that game pretty much throughout. Like they they can run with anybody in that gym, and when they're clicking, uh, I don't know who can really beat them. So, yeah, Texas found that out the hard way. They defended really well. They were relentless. This is just max effort for all 40 minutes when you play Houston at their gym. And you can't have like a bad two or three minute stretch because the game can get away from you quickly. And the Longhorns found that one out. So you obviously would have loved that to be a closer game. But uh, yeah, not a lot of shame in losing at Houston considering the fact that they're 19-0 on their home floor this season. Yeah, and Texas, and Texas is kind of lucky with last night's game, BK, that one, Kansas State didn't seem like one of the be there, and two, Tyler Perry, for as good of a young player as he is, he killed him down the stretch. He straight up hero-balled it and was just jacking from all over the place when Kansas State was conceivably still in the game after a couple of missed free throws, but he, in a, in a, a large way, shot them out of the game as a result. You saw Jerome Tang pull him over there forget who it was it was on the free throw line for K-State, but he was ripping into Perry, who was this talented young point guard, for essentially becoming a, a straight-up ball hog and passing up mm. open teammates who had good opportunities from two or three to try and uh, make a name for himself, I guess. Yeah, it was a weird, weird moment there. And look, K-State couldn't do much offensively. Cam Carter, who's their leading scorer, only had eight points on two of ten shooting. You mentioned uh, Medea. Had uh, six turnovers, not a great performance by him. Arthur Kaluma, just five of 17. I mean, Texas did a good job defensively against uh, K-State's three leading scorers last night. And that's why they won. You're not going to win a ton of college basketball games scoring 62. But Texas was able to win it with defense. It wasn't a great offensive performance from Tyrese Hunter. You look at the box score, he didn't do much. But I thought he was very, very solid defensively. Yeah. And uh, you said it. I mean, for Texas, it was Dylan Sue. He's been the leading scorer for this team in the last four games. You know, Max Acemus was bad last night. He did crack the 3,000-point mark in his career. Amazing accomplishment for him, but it was a struggle for Acemus last night. It was a struggle for anybody else not named Dylan DeSue, especially at the free-throw line late. You talked about Texas missing some free-throws. Dylan Mitchell and Kendall Weaver both went 0 for 2 in the last minute, which gave K-State some of that extra life. Uh, thankfully, the Longhorns got some stops, and Dylan DeSue was able to nail his freebies down the stretch to uh, preserve that W, but... Yeah, it was not uh, aesthetically pleasing, but a win is a win is a win. And the next two games for Texas are very tough because they go on the road to Kansas, like you talked about. Kansas has not lost a home game this year. They go on the road to Texas Tech next week. Of course, Texas Tech beat the Longhorns in Austin, and Tech has only lost one home game this season. So if you can find one of those wins, I don't think Texas will, but if they can find one of those wins, then they're a lock to make the tournament. If uh, you lose both of them, then all right, you you know you're still in a good spot. You just need to beat Oklahoma State and Oklahoma at home, and you should be okay. They've got five games left. If they go two and three, I think they're guaranteed to be in. If they go one and four or zero oh and five, then you're probably relying on some Big Twelve tournament magic to find your way in. So uh, just keep beating the teams you're supposed to beat, like you did last night. And I think there will be some March Madness in Austin. But like you said, I. The ceiling for this year's team. We're not breaking any news to anybody on February 20th 
it uh, is nowhere close to as high as last year's team was, which sucks. All right, quick shout out to our friends at the Altstat Brewery. I met up with the Altstat guys last week. Always a party when the Altstat beer is around. I had a few over my holiday weekend. Hopefully you did as well. It is the best beer in the history of the known universe, and we're just lucky enough to have it right here in our own backyard. It's all over Central Texas. It's all over the Metroplex. It's all over H-Town. It's all over San Antonio. Wherever you're buying your beer in the Lone Star State, make sure you're buying six-packs of Altstadt beer brewed with just four simple ingredients. There are a bunch of different brews, though, something for every single beer drinker out there. Check out the Altstadt Light. It'll be the best light beer that you've ever had. You're trying to sacrifice on the calories but not on the taste, then the Altstadt Light is for you. They've got the lager. They've got the Kolsch. They've got the half. They've got, I'm telling you, something for every palate. It is the official beer of BK. It should be the official beer of you as well. It's Altstadt beer. No impurities, no regrets. And a shout out to BetUS as well. I'm talking about college basketball. Hey, the NCAA tournament, not too far away. If you're trying to make some money on the big dance this year, you got to do it with BetUS. If you're watching on YouTube, just click the link in the video description below. If you're listening on the app, just click explore our socials and there will be a link to BetUS right there. Make an account. Takes just seconds. You deposit 50 bucks or more, and uh, well, BetUS is going to match your deposit. That's right. They're going to give you free money so you can start winning today. And it's not just sports, it's casino as well. Online poker, online blackjack, roulette. They've got all of those games for you 24 7, 365 over at BetUS. Once again, the links in the descriptions to sign up. Make that $50 deposit, and you will be on your way to winning some cash money. All right, Trey, before we get to where we at in society, Texas baseball uh, opened up its season over the weekend, a three-game series against the University of San Diego at the Dish. Hell of a crowd. Shout out to everybody who came out to left field last Friday. Uh, we did a little pregame show out there. It was a ton of fun. Credit to Megan, a.k.a. Fancy Boots. Credit to intern Brock for helping out. It was a great time and uh, always love hanging out with those guys out in left field. Hell of a game, too, for those who uh, stayed and watched the entirety of it. Texas hitting the go-ahead Grand Slam. Jalen Flores with the Grand Slam into the Yeti yard. That was a great moment for Texas. The Longhorns take two of three in their opening series, and they're back at it tonight. Trey, any, uh, any thoughts, takeaways, sentiment from what we've seen from David Pierce's crew through these first three games? No. Nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your service. What about uh, you? What are your big takeaways from weekend one? Um, Yeah, I mean, Tanner Witt was a little disappointing. I think every Texas baseball fan was uh, hoping for a little bit more out of him on Sunday. And, you know, the plan for that start was not for Tanner Witt to go deep into the game. It was just, hey, can you get us six to nine outs? Uh, Tanner Witt looked great in the first inning. He sat down San Diego one, two, three. Then back-to-back -back walks to start the second inning. He misplayed a bunt, and USD had the bases loaded with nobody else, and that was it for Parker or for Tanner Witt, excuse me. So uh, was hoping to see a little bit more from him. We talked about him being a question mark last week with uh, you know still kind of recovering from that Tommy John surgery, dealing with the velocity issues, dealing with maybe uh, a mental block right now. I know it's one start in a very, very long season of Texas baseball, but had hoped for a little bit more from Tanner Witt. So that was the disappointment. Uh, the good news, yeah, Jalen Flores, the Grand Slam on Friday. That was sweet. It was a hell of a crowd on Friday night. It was the largest opening day crowd in UFCU Dish Falk Field history. So once again, those who stayed were rewarded with a pretty great game and a pretty spectacular moment right there. Uh, and then the top two hitters, Jared Thomas and Peyton Powell, they went 12 of 24 over the weekend. Those guys really carried the load for the offense. So, um, yeah, look, I, I said it with Bucky this morning, and I will say it on this show a lot over the course of this season and in future seasons. Uh, I do not complain about series wins. I know you would love a sweep. You would love to win every single game that you play, but Texas taking two of three, perfectly fine with that. San Diego is not a terrible team. They were picked to finish second in their conference this season. They've got some good players on their squad. So it wasn't a total cupcake to begin the year. But yeah, you take the uh, you take the series win. Texas actually trailed in all three of those games, so you like to see some of the resiliency that you showed from this bunch. You take the series win and uh, and move on, and 
Hopefully you take care of business tonight against the Houston Christian team you should beat. And you've got Cal Poly coming to town this weekend. That's another group that uh, you'd like to at least win a series against. So some good, some things to work on. I think David Pierce kind of echoed that sentiment on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take two and one. And Texas didn't really go up or down in any of the 14 rankings services that uh, dropped their new polls yesterday. It's pretty crazy how quickly conference play starts this year. Yeah, it's what, three weeks away? March 8th, they host, or they're at Texas Tech for three. Yeah, that's a crazy, crazy, like, three, four, seven-game stretch that Texas has. It starts on March 1st when they're in Houston. They got LSU, Texas State, and Vanderbilt, three straight days at Minute Maid. And then they come back to host A&M on that following Tuesday. And then they go to Lubbock, take on a very solid Texas Tech team to open up Big 12 play. So that's like... It's a relatively easy opening eight games for Texas. And then it just, boom, just like that, you're all of a sudden playing like seven really, really quality games in a row. So that that will be a big tell on just how good this team is and kind of where this team is too. Because you're right, it, it, it comes on you quick this year. Not to uh, put our business out there before it's necessarily decided, but are we going to be with the Occupy Left Field folks for that A&M game? That's the plan. Nice. If they uh, have us out, I think, uh, you know, Pena was saying we were good for that game before the season. So I assume we will be there doing a little pregame show when the Aggies come to town a couple of weeks from today, as a matter of fact. Passed out a bunch of koozies, and we'll have some more koozies to pass out. So you, right. you shouldn't need, it, uh, need any reason to go to a UT A&M baseball game, but there's a reward from us is you'll get a free TSU koozie if you stop by Occupy Left Field before the game okay got about 10 minutes left in today's program before we hand things off to chip and zay by the way uh no kd today trey any teases for what you have coming up for the afternoon show from three to five chip is gonna hang out with me for the first 30 minutes or so and then i am playing three to four different interviews that I've done in the last few weeks, starting with Kenny Wayne Shepherd, the uh, very popular, talented blues musician. Then Jeff Schaefer, Larry David's writing partner and the, the director of most of the Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes over the last five to six seasons. And then Donnell Rawlings, whose Netflix special comes out a week from today. And then... If we have time, Craig Robinson, uh, shorter conversation, but uh, still a really interesting one as well. A couple weeks back prior to him headlining at Cap City Comedy Club. Very nice. So some great conversations coming your way from three to five. Of course, Chip and Zay from one to three. So keep it locked into TSU. Make sure you like this video if you haven't yet on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel as well. All right, Trey, you want to go live or recorded today? Let's go live with my friends at Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. Had a chance to see Steve at the Texas Stars game on Friday night. Great to see him and meet his wife as well. Uh, Every time I see Steve, I just uh, see that temperament and see how much he cares about people, which is evident if you and when you hire Pest Wranglers to take care of those pest problems. And guess what? Now is the time to get Pest Wranglers out to your place for mosquito service. That's right. We are about to re-enter mosquito season. You want to be ahead of that. And pest wranglers can help you out with an eco-friendly treatment that does not target bees or butterflies and is non-toxic to birds and mammals. That includes those dogs. Effective for up to a month. It kills mosquitoes that transmit all sorts of diseases, including yellow fever, uh, Zika, and that West Nile virus. It works against insecticide-resistant mosquitoes. It kills adults and prohibits larvae from maturing. It is field validated with a ton of different scientific research backing just how effective and non-toxic it is to things other than mosquitoes. Stuff is used in Africa for malaria control for Pete's sake. Uh, Steve actually communicated back and forth with a couple of groups that did studies to find out more info when it was first introduced. It is past his sniff test with flying colors. It'll pass yours as well while killing those mosquitoes some of whom before they hatch. Uh, They offer conventional mistreatment for fast knockdown. If you've got a 
backyard party, pool party, something like that. You want to get it taken care of pretty quickly. It lasts for 21 days. No horrible odors after any of the treatments as well. And it's usually pretty wallet friendly too, under a hundred bucks per month. And as always, because they are big believers in their customer service, no contracts. Go to pestwranglers.com to find out more, to sign up for that service. And Pest Wranglers is a proud sponsor of... Where are we at in society today? That's right. It is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism and has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, today is not that day. Headline. Doctors shocked over patient who shoved batteries into his penis before three of them got Stuck. I'm sorry, what now? Doctor shocked over patient who shoved batteries into his penis before three of them got stuck. Shoved batteries into? Into? Into. How do you fit a battery in there? What STD is that? Would you like to see the picture? Uh, Death ray? Okay, I was going to say, how the hell do they have a picture of this? An x-ray. What, uh, oh, I guess the picture will explain what kind of battery it is. Is it nine volt in there? You want to see the picture? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is car wreck level stuff here. Mm. All right, here we go. Can I make a shitty dad joke here first? Please do. Well, this gives an entirely new meaning to D batteries. <laughs> I mean, it was too easy. I couldn't let that one go. That's your dad voice? What I, was don't know. That? I don't know what the hell that was, dude. I'm trying to make it sound like I've hit puberty. Oh! Oh, so they're the little, uh, little, little like disc batteries. Yeah, yeah, the little cell discs, whatever they're called. Uh, I don't even know what size battery it is other than the disc battery. You got to say that one correctly. Otherwise, you'll mistake it for what the batteries were shoved into. So he put three Watch of batteries. Those. Thank you, Jack. He put three of those in there? Three got stuck. How? What was his plan? Like, how was he going to yeah, get them know. out? Let's find out. Let's find out the details now, oh, shall we? I guess. A 73-year-old Australian man was shocked to need urgent urethra surgery after jamming three button-style batteries into his penis. The the unidentified man whose medical anomaly is now the source of a revolting medical study in the March edition of the Urology Case Reports had been fueling his own sexual gratification by intentionally shoving batteries into his pee hole. From the authors, to the best of our understanding, this is the first reported case of urethral necrosis with button battery insertion. (laughs) The patient had reportedly inserted batteries several times before without getting them stuck inside. He also endured shockwave therapy on his member. He had suffered erectile dysfunction for three years as a result. After the septuagenarian waited 24 hours to seek medical attention, he waited 24 hours with these batteries stuck inside of him. Doctors move quickly to remove the foreign objects as their corrosiveness can cause necrosis, the death of body tissue, in just a couple of hours. They also feared the potentially rare but lethal infection of Fournier's gangrene. That is where your member, I'm assuming, turns green and falls off. After several unsuccessful approaches, the surgeons resorted to forceps. Ah, oh, they had to use forceps to get these things out. No nano surgery going on here, baby. Only forceps for this jackass. What are what are forceps? What part of the arm is that? No forceps are a uh, a surgery tool. Oh, like the scissors but, looking things. Let me go ahead and give you a. Uh, <laughs> let me go ahead and give you an image here. Oh, God, I didn't think I was very squeamish, but I am for this story. Just think about, as no. I bring this up on the screen. 
I don't want to think about whatever you're about to ask me to think about. What is normally used to get splinters out of a person? That was used to oh, retrieve no! watch batteries from this man's pee hole. Inside the... <laughs> it went through the front, not through the back? I mean, I don't think that... Uh, I think that it's you're better off going through the front than the back. Oh, are you? Yeah. God. I guess it probably couldn't reach it from the back, but God, <laughs> jeez, dude, this guy's done this before. You said this was not the first incident of him sticking batteries up there. He'd always gotten them out previously. What did he use? Just his hands? Uh, my guess is that it's not exactly toothpaste out of a tube, but it's the same sort of action, you know, where he gets them up there and then he pushes them back out. Uh. From the doctors through this study, all extracted batteries were coated with a black tar-like material. And that wasn't even the end of it, dude. Ten days later, the man returned to the hospital complaining of swelling and icky discharge, prompting doctors to aggressively operate yet again. An incision was made to the penile skin, researchers noted, adding that a large amount of fluids leaked out. The doctors feared that the man developed an extensive degree of necrosis. Well, that was realized, and part of his urethra had to be removed. God. The researchers, given the complexity of this surgery, it was deemed that formal penile urethral reconstruction would likely require a three-stage repair. And this is it requires a complex six-month procedure of mucous membrane grafts. All right. After assessing the extremely damaged penis, ultimately doctors, quote, decided the best option would be for no further penile reconstruction. So it's done. It's done and we're done. Uh, somebody needs to let this guy know that it doesn't run on batteries. I don't know if he thought that'd be the cure for his ED, but uh, no, that's that's not how it works. You, you know what? You, Jack says milk them out. I think the best analogy for this, I just got the perfect analogy for this. Do you ever eat uh, Lifesavers as a kid or as an adult, I guess? Yeah, the gummies or the hard candies? The hard candy. Yeah. We got we to gotta make sure the uh, that we've got the, uh, the stiffness right here. So you know right. how if you open the top of the Lifesavers but you try and keep the package in whole and you don't keep ripping down to each lifesaver, you eventually are having to like use your thumbs to try and get the, the lifesaver up and up and up through that tube and all the way out so that you can eat it. That's what this guy was doing, except with watch batteries and his penis. <laughs> it's very rare that I leave you speechless, but here we are. This is... The worst story you've ever had for where are we at in society. <laughs> Man, that's a low or high bar, one of the two. Like, I, I don't think I've ever been this, like, in pain. I'm in pain right now. And my body is, like, trembling, just hearing more and more details of this story. Like, everything about this sucks. This is horrible. This guy's an idiot, and he deserves all of this for being such an idiot. But just imagining... Any of what that guy has gone through is causing all sorts of bodily discomfort for me thousands of miles away in a different continent. DJ says, where else are you supposed to store the batteries? I don't know if you're really feeling that. You're really trying to, to get your rocks off. I think an easier place to store them is in the keister, isn't it? Not suggesting you do either, but if the options are pee hole or keister, aren't you going... Aren't you going keister? Yeah, that's why it's called keistering. You, you put it in, it's you got more space there, don't you? I mean, plenty of prisoners and drug smugglers over time have proven as much. Yeah. <laughs> DJ, I keep a car battery in my bum. Okay. <laughs> you and Farrah Fawcett. What? Nothing. Is that it? True story confirmed. Deep well, not the not the car battery part, but yeah. Mm, okay, interesting. Uh, what a story! That guy is uh, ever ready, I guess, for for action. Good job. 
Amazing. There's where we at in society today. I see the fellas in the waiting room. It's Chip and it's Zay. Gentlemen, how we doing? Leave Hello. it to Trey to just throw some shade on my girl, Farrah Fawcett. Vera was a bombshell back in the day, but she uh, was apparently also inclined to. Yes, we know. I don't know what happened. All because of that just horrible man known as Ryan O'Neill. I blame him for everything. (laughs) Oh, do you? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Comeback? I really don't know. I just know that they were married and that uh uh what was the uh daughter's name who was an actor too? Oh yeah. She was in uh she was in Bad News Bears. What was her name? T- Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill, thank you. Yeah, she won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress, right? When she was in uh Paper Moon. I believe you're right about that. She was like Nine? I don't know. It was crazy. Let me look that up before I just totally butcher the story. Inappropriate question, DJ. Chip keeps his batteries where most of us keep our batteries in some random drawer in the kitchen. Yes. Jack says, my aunt used to be a charge nurse in Dallas. She used to tell us about the gerbils. Oh, yeah. There's another popular thing that people like to keister back in the day. Hmm. Yeah, Tatum O'Neill won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, For Paper Moon, she was 10. Wow. About that action. Youngest ever to win a competitive Academy Award. That's crazy. Back in the the time where they used to nominate kids for Academy Awards, that doesn't really happen anymore, does it? We haven't had that. Since, uh, what, Sixth Sense? How old was Haley Joel Osment? Did he get nominated? I remember, um, uh, who was the girl on the piano? Uh, I can't remember her name. She was nominated back in the 90s, I want to say. But was Haley Joel Osment nominated? Because if so, that's probably the last kid. Let's see here. Don't, don't focus movies around kids. <laughs> People realize. Yeah, he was nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor. Wow. He supported a dead guy the whole time. Uh. Oh, spoiler alert. Shoot. And uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who has the most child awards? Macaulay Culkin? Uh, he made a lot of box Under 15. I don't know. Like Under Jeff- 15 years old. Jeffrey Most Epstein. Wars. Isn't that R. Kelly, Zay? Yeah, I said Epstein, but yeah, R. Kelly. Oh, R. There you go, Epstein. Yeah. Hey, Ouch. yo, the Ignition Remix came on the other day. It took me about 50 seconds to change it. It, it took me a little <laughs> bit. The groove, the, the groove is just, man. I, somebody wrote it for him. I'm slowly getting to that point, which I might go to hell, whatever you believe in. I don't know. But I'm slowly getting to that point where I might have to start listening to him again, man, because he didn't write everything. You know, he had there was a lot of people that played a part. I'm supporting the engineer. I'm supporting the producer. You know what I'm saying? Good song. I'm not necessarily supporting Robert R. Kelly. He just happened to sing it. You know, I believe I can fly. Come on. That's hard to change, fellas. I mean, Michael Jackson, you really you're gonna turn off Billy Jean or yeah, just you gotta separate the art from the artist in this yeah. life. See, that's yeah. what I'm saying, man. I, I blame yeah. Joe for Michael Jackson. Y'all see, and they're about to make a new biopic coming out for him. You better get the real story with Joe. Whoever plays Joe, yo, mm. you 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 gonna be in a dark place because that man had some serious demons. Have you seen the pictures from the set, Zay, where the, Michael's nephew is playing him? Looks a lot like him, too. Yeah. Very impressed. They tried to do a biopic back in the early 90s where Angela Bassett was the mom and, ah, oh man, I forgot a couple of other characters. Vanessa Williams was their Motown 
you know, I don't know what you call it, but she kind of set up everything for Barry Gordy. Early 90s, it's called Jackson 5 American Dream or Jackson American Dream. It's a six hour movie. They used to put it on VH1 all the time. I used to watch it all the time. Great flick. So it's going to be tough to beat that. But again, that's a six hour movie. So you, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a mini series. Yeah. Yeah, they break it up in parts. You start with their childhood, and then you get to when they're teens, and then... In Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Yeah. That is a shithole, guys. I've been through there a couple of times. It is a awful town. Awful. Yeah. You, yeah. Could, you could set that, that water on fire. Yo, Joe was a scumbag because even though he was helping all their dreams come true, he took those kids out to Hollywood, left the mom, left the mom with Janet and fucking, uh, what's his name, Jackie. And yeah, was cheating and stuff in Hollywood. Joe was a scumbag, man. I can't stand Joe Jackson. Don't get me started. I know you got to go, but I could go on and on about that scumbag Joe Jackson, man. You got to read the Tiger Woods biography. Oh, I know that one. I know that one. Yeah, good. Earl. Earl was that Winnebago. Talking about always, the Arby's fan book, Chip. Always, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, mm. yeah. Right. Earl was always looking for some action. <laughs> I think yeah. right down to his dying days, he was looking for like nurse assistants who would do some things for him. Spun I mean, I, all the endings. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not praising cheating, but Tiger's mom looks like Kim Jong-un. So, <laughs> I, that's, I'm not, again, I don't condone wow. cheating, but Tiger's, <laughs> Tiger's mom looked like she played a wow. very pivotal role in Hangover. That the is the quote that, of the that's day. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That is the quote of the day. Katita uh, Woods looks like Kim Jong Un. God. All right. Wow. It won't get. It won't get any better than that from us. So I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is where we depart, fellas. Have a great show, guys. Stuff, guys. See you oh, in a bit. Man. I'm blaming Brad and Trey for that. They bring the worst out of me. Good grief. <laughs> <laughs>